Here we go, gang. How to financially prepare to buy your first home, part four. Let's do this. What up, everybody? How y'all doing? This is part four of what's turning out to be a five-part series on how to financially prepare to buy your first home. I'm excited about doing part four of five tonight because I just got my butt kicked at Mario Kart 8 by my children. Hi, everybody. My name is David Sedoni. I'm the How to Buy a Home Guy. I'm a realtor, real estate agent here in Southern California working with EXP Realty. I've been serving first-time buyers for over 13 years as of 2019, because you could be listening to this, I don't know, five years from now. And earlier this year, I changed everything that I'm doing in my business to help you guys, the first-time buyers, all over North America. I'd love to help people all over the globe, but I don't know your laws. Fortunately, though, a lot of this is stuff that will translate to you guys, no matter where you are on our entire planet. That's pretty exciting. So some of these principles will be able to help you guys wherever you are. Now, this is part four, what I thought was going to be the final chapter in financial preparedness, but it looks like we're going to go really deep because as I got putting things down on paper a little bit here for part four, the fourth installment, I realized some of this stuff was pretty deep. So I'm going to split up the last few pieces. So we're going to do a part four and a part five moving forward. This is everything that you need to know to get you started on the most important aspects, the money part of buying your home. So gang, if you're out there and you're thinking about buying a home, I'm guessing that that's why you found this podcast. So I just want you to know that wherever you are, even though I'm in your ears right now, I hear you. I get it. I understand. I've been doing this for folks for a long time. I wish that my own 49-year-old self had been able to be there for my 22-year-old self and talk to me and be able to explain this stuff to me. You see yourself in your dream home someday and maybe, you know, looking at that, you're perplexed, you're confused. Hell, maybe you're even terrified about the entire process. I get it. No worries. You are not the only one. Look, rent sucks and it just keeps going up and up. It feels daunting. It feels like you're never going to be able to beat the system. It's just too high and it won't go away. So where do you get the money to live like the true baller that you know that you really are? I'm telling you, lots of people feel like you or they have felt like you and they've moved on and they're in the next chapter. As I've mentioned, I've personally helped 81 first-time buyers as of the summer of 2019 and that's just the folks I've helped personally. Thanks to this podcast, there are dozens and dozens of folks all over the country who've had help. And in fact, I got to interview one of them, and you're going to hear from Jacqueline in a few more podcasts, and Chris. Jacqueline and Chris got a home in Denver just by listening to this podcast and being able to find a bitchin' unicorn badass agent to help them reach their American dream. So look, we've helped people discover the magic path to that happy ending of home ownership, and now we'd like to do it for you too. I know that right now you might feel like Luke Skywalker or Ray, you know, the Star Wars folks, before they found the Force, 
or maybe you feel like Iron Man before you figured out how to build that suit or Harry Potter before you got to Hogwarts. I get it. Well, right now, get ready because you're going to follow along with us and you're going to be able to grab your lightsaber. You're going to suit up or you're going to grab your magic wand while you go through puberty and the entire world watches. I know, not quite as cool as it sounds, but welcome to the magical world of Harry Potter. Because this podcast right here, as you guys listen to this, if you're working out, doing your dishes, or just living your life, just take it all in. This is your chance to listen to Yoda, to Jarvis, or Friday, or Dumbledore. Enjoy, understand, learn, educate, and get ready to move forward. All right, gang, let's get back to step four in financial preparedness to buy your first house. I mentioned it before, if you're joining us for the first time, you're weird because this specifically says this is step four, so go back three episodes and start at step one. It's right there on your podcast, pretty simple to figure out. But for those of you guys who've been here before, we're going to keep moving on. I'm not going to do movie metaphors the whole time for you, although that was really fun, and I think that would be a really sweet idea for an episode moving forward. This is part four of the four-part series. We started on 19. This is to help you if you're in phase one, well before you're trying to figure out how to buy a home, but you're trying to get ready for it. Phase two is like someone who's maybe you know 12 months away, your last lease is signed. Phase three, someone who's trying to buy a house right now and just reached out for this podcast because you're frustrated with the whole process. That's cool. This is about the most important part of helping you buy a home. It's all about your money. That's your cheddar, your cash, your scrilly, your Benjamins, your paper, your ducats. How many more slang terms can I use? Your moolah, your dinero, your rubles, your pounds, if you're from England. My buddy in the UK, what's up, Albert? Yoo-hoo! So if you're new, go ahead, start back at 19. If you haven't already left out of complete confusion. For the rest of you, let's do a quick recap of the steps we've done so far, and then we're going to get right into our final few steps here in step four, and then step five is where we're going to wrap it up. So number one, save your money. Guys, I'm just going to do a quick little recap on this because it's so important. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I hear you. I get it. If you're a complete phase oneer. Maybe you're way, way, way pre-phase one and you're just listening to this to see what lies in store for you in the next five years from now, which case you're a total masochist and what up, dude? You're weird. So if you're sitting there with zero saved, tons of debt, and you're trying to figure out how saving tens of thousands of dollars is even possible and it seems massively overwhelming, don't worry, people have done it. Last year, 1.76 million people bought their first home in America. And that was only 33%, which is a little lower than our average over the last 50 years. And remember, none of those people from 2018 who bought a house started saving in 2018. They all started well before that. So if you're an early phase winner, good job. Keep listening. Some of this stuff might be further down the road for you, but keep saving, keep listening, and learning. All right, number two, apps. Use those apps. Keep a budget in your pocket. 
Number three, start an emergency fund. Rainy days will happen. Be ready for it. Number four, credit. Check your credit. Fix your credit. And then learn the tricks to help increase and grow your score. Number five, change your interest rates. This is a weird one, but boy, I've said weird like 17 times already. This is something that's real important. If you've got credit and you're growing your credit, know those people are excited to hear from you. Change your interest rates. Change your available credit. Call them. Ask for more credit at a lower rate. You could be surprised at the results. Number six, use those money chunks wisely. Number seven, house hacks. This is a big thing, something that a lot of millennials and new folks are doing. It's really important. It's not important, but it's a really cool thing that you can do. Qualify yourself for a big payment and then do what you know. Have roommates. Pay for half of that mortgage by having roommates in the house. Or even better, look into buying a duplex. Number eight, this one's harsh. I know, deal with it. If your job sucks, if your income sucks, if your salary sucks, change jobs. Sorry, wish I could be more sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and lollipops, but money's money. Number nine, pick up a second job. This is an interesting thing. I was talking to my wife about this. Look, at worst, you get double the plus minus. Understand? You know what that means? So let's say on the weekend, you go out and you spend money. If you get a second job, now not only do you not spend money, the minus, but then you make some money too, the plus. So that's a plus minus. I don't know how that works for your happiness, but find the balance. Number 10, side hustles. Work them. Number 11, sell your stuff. You got too much crap. Sell it. Put money in your bank account instead of stuff just sitting there in your garage or your coat closet. Number 12, reevaluate your transportation. Go green to make some green. Number 13, be very careful on the big expenses. Don't go nuts. And then number 14, watch your small expenses. Track, track, track. Seriously, keep something in your pocket. If you're old school, keep a notebook. Track it. You'll be amazed at what you figure out. And then number 15, live on one income. I like to say, Find a sugar daddy or a sugar mama or be that sugar daddy and sugar mama. Okay, we're going to move on to a couple steps here before we get into the big finish. These are really more advanced stuff as we're moving forward, but things that in this podcast, we, me, my microphone, and my Diet Pepsi, we're trying to help you guys get over the hump and be able to figure out, no matter where you are on this process, that this works for you. So some of you guys are early in the process. Some of you guys are later. So these few concepts I'm going to be going through today, some of them are pretty in-depth and I think you guys can hang with it. So here we go. This is a conversation I've had with numerous first-time buyers over the years. Everybody is very precious about their 401k and you should be. I've mentioned in earlier episodes about finances that our savings as a country, as a whole, is way down. So saving for your future is important. I'm going to break that a little bit right now with this. Your 401k and your other retirement vehicles 
you can use those to help you with the purchase of your house. You can lower your contributions or straight up use these retirement vehicles to finance your purchase. All right, whose butt cheeks just clenched up a little bit because your grandparents or your parents would freak out if you ever touched your 401k before you were 65. I hear you. I get it. I don't want you to think that I'm saying this is for everybody, but this is an option. You can't move forward unless you know all of your options. Times have changed with the way that we're making money and saving money, and that means your thinking needs to change as well. All right, this is for the phase two and the phase three years. If you're a phase one person, go ahead and double up on your dishes or your workout or whatever you're doing. Just let this run in your ear holes right now. And uh, this will be the first time you hear this. And you can really dig into this as you get closer to buying a house. Now, if you're getting close, listen up. If you're concerned because you think that messing with your retirement is messing with your future, then think of it this way. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you actively pulled your retirement savings, you know, in the last three to five years, and you looked at its overall performance? And let me ask you another question. Does that sentence even make sense to you? If you're a phase one or maybe not, I get it. So look, have you considered what your next piece of the puzzle is going to be? If you've looked at it, if you've broken it down and you've seen where your retirement is going, What's the next piece of the puzzle? Because you just can't have one anymore. We're a different society right now. If you're just hanging on, thinking Social Security is going to take care of you, I don't care what your politics are, you're in trouble. All right? Moving on. Now, does the thought of thinking about this a little bit intensely, does that make your brain hurt a little bit? I know, you're like, YOLO, dude, leave me alone. I'm going to live my life and have all my experiences. Woo! I hear you. I get it. I've been there. I've mentioned it before. This is uh, lifetime number three for me, moving forward at 49 years old. YOLO all you want. Go for it. But realize retirement is a part of your future. And understanding how you can use it to buy a house, very important. So don't feel discouraged or uneducated or just generally clueless about hashtag adulting moving forward. Ask yourself honestly, are you planning for your retirement at all? And if you are, are you planning with a savings program that someone told you, hey, this is a smart thing to do? And did you do that without really researching how this works and, and how it fits into your overall current goals, and more importantly, your long-term goals. I know, just got heavy, right? Hang with me. Saving for your future, it's not a no-brainer. It's not an easy app. It's not a tap here and you can do it. You know, as an overall concept, sure, it's a no-brainer. But doing it, you can't do it like getting an Uber or a rental car or food with DoorDash or you know, a pair of wireless headphones that you're buying off the internet. You know, this is a big deal. This is your future. Same thing with buying a house. So it's time for you to man or woman up and take more than five minutes tapping an app and figuring out exactly what you've got to do. Okay, you can't just read a BuzzFeed headline on your feed or you can't just 
you know, read half an article and go, oh, I got it. I'm cool for the future. No, you're not, bro. Take some time. You got to actually read the entire book before you take the final exam that's called your life. <laughs> Whoa, getting heavy again. Let's back off. How many of you guys out there hate me right now? How many of you tuned out? Because I'm talking about finances is heavy. Cool. Look, I do this for you guys because I really, really care about your future. And Luke would not have gotten anywhere against the empire without Yoda, you know, especially because Mark Hamill was basically a nobody actor in the 1970s, plucked from obscurity. And had it not been for the amazing story, combined with fantastic special effects, he would have been just another feather-haired, horrible actor. Don't believe me? Ask my wife. She saw Star Wars and said, this guy sucks. Crazy. So it's time for you to listen to Yoda. That's me. Short little green dude. Wow, that's kind of Freudian. So get ready. Lift your rocks. Feel the force flowing through you and know this conversation is for the future homebuyers of 2019 and beyond. We've talked about this before. Be ready. We're going to get into some serious stuff with your retirement. Savings are down. Debts have risen. Anyone out there got student loans? Know what I'm saying? Incomes have flattened. So the question is, when you're thinking about your retirement, are you really diversified for your future? What's your greatest asset going to be? If you analyze everything you've got, for many of you, the answer is your greatest asset is probably going to be your home, maybe even greater than that retirement fund that you have been funding for two, three, 20 years. If you're following this line of discussion so far, here's a thought. Your home's going to be your greatest appreciating asset, not your Instagram account. Sorry, deal with it. So monthly, how much money do you put away versus how much money do you put into your housing? Right now, think about that. How much money goes into your 401k versus how much do you pay for your rent? See, a home is an asset that you actually get to live in. It's a forced savings. It's an extra retirement account. And consider this. Are you thinking someday when you're old and gray, you may use your home to fund, I don't know, your final chapter, your retirement home, or maybe your kid's future? Most of us think that. All right, so it's time to get into the nitty gritty. Time to start seeing your home as a long play a long play, not a short-term investment. The way you should be looking at your 401k and your other retirement vehicles. If you've digested that piece right now, the important long-term diversification financial strategy, then keep listening and look at it this way. It's important to save for your retirement. If your 401k is getting matching contributions from your employer, well, then it makes sense to continue contributing because it's free. It's a free doubling of your money. That's what the matching is. That's awesome. I get it. But if you're still decades from retirement, maybe you should think about lowering those contributions and put the extra money towards a savings account that can be used for a future down payment. That means you can stop renting earlier, which in the long term, it actually saves you money and it'll make you more money. Even then, a doubled free matching with your 401k because you're going to get tax benefits and the appreciation of a home. Okay, 
If that made no sense to you, hit rewind right now, go back, listen again. So renting is a lost monthly payment. So buy the house, start a diversified solution where you're putting money into the house and your 401k, and then you can go back and you can continue to increase and continue to pay that 401k with those matched contributions. Okay, why would you do that or how? Here we go. Get ready because it's time for advanced math thinking. It's too much for me to explain how each and every one of you individually can make the exact equation that works for you. I can't do your own spreadsheet, but go ahead, super nerds out there, go for it. Especially uh, John, my PhD Air Force dude in stats, go for it. You know I'm talking to you. Here's the basic scenario that I'm going to give to all my first-time buyers, and you should digest this and see if it's right for you. Okay, this equation is, as I said, different for everybody, but I'll give you some general stuff. While you are putting your savings into your 401k and you're renting, that means that you have a large part going to rent and some to your 401k. What you can do is put some into that 401k and then you can finance your future by putting that large monthly payment into a house payment. You can still continue to contribute to your 401k and you'll also be adding to a different investment, a diversified investment. So what that's going to mean for you is you're going to be building up a savings account by reducing the contributions that you do regularly into your 401k. But you have to understand the reasons why you do that and feel good about it and understand this is the long-term play. So for my math challenge friends out there, go ahead, create your own individual equation that highlights your financial future. You know, first, you've got the money that you put into a matched 401k versus the money that you spend or throw away on your rent. That's part one. Next, Game of Thrones sucks. There, I said that to wake some of you up. Come on, I know you're out there right now and you've completely tuned out. Listen to me. Stay with me. This is important. All right, you can calculate the money spent on your rent comparing to starting a mortgage, which is going to be stable and it will never go up. I'm going to say that again. Are you angry because your rent goes up? Cool. Mortgages don't. It's called a 30-year fixed. That's the cool part about it. And you're going to be putting money into a historically conservative and appreciating asset. If that doesn't get you excited, wait a couple of years, I guarantee you it will. In other words, you're not going to be throwing your money away. You are adulting. Congratulations. Keep in mind, your rent is nothing but a roof for a month. While your mortgage is an appreciating asset, and that is just like your 401k or your Roth IRA or your IRA. So now if you split it up, you're actually adulting times two. Good for you. It's the same concept, just split in two. Except you can look at part one of that on a spreadsheet on your computer, and you can actually sleep in part two. Pretty cool, huh? All right. That's still not enough math mumbo jumbo for you. Cool. I've got more. I have not even talked to you guys about the tax benefits. 
The mortgage interest tax deduction is the absolute greatest invention since sliced bread, the smartphone, and uh, I don't know, Netflix. It's amazing. It saves you a big wad of cash every single year or monthly if you decide to spread it out. And that, my friends, it's the holy grail of rent versus buy. Should I rent? Should I buy? Once you figure out the mortgage interest tax deduction, you'll figure out that you can have three, four, five hundred $500 extra every single month just by owning a house. It's such a big deal. I'm going to do a whole other podcast on it. Okay. Finally, last little piece on the 401k. If you're still squeamish about touching your 401k and jeopardizing your future, remember, as I mentioned before, rent always goes up. A mortgage is fixed. It never moves. And housing is pretty much always going to be your biggest monthly expense. So does it make more sense to try to save up while your biggest expense, your rent, is always going up? Or nip it in the bud and get into being a a homeowner as opposed to a renter. Okay, who's confused? Who's pissed off and tossed their headphones into traffic? Who's thrown their smartphone against a wall and wants to kill me? Good, because there is no easy way to do this. I'm clapping because I am very adamant about this. You can't figure out how to buy a house with the five best tips. You can't click on a YouTube. You can't just decide this in a moment. You're here. You're 22 episodes in, which means you've been listening. Great. Keep listening. Keep digging. Digging. You heard me. Yo diggity. Old school. Keep digging. Because each and every one of you out there is different, has a different financial place that you're in. And each of your ears that I'm in right now, you've got to figure out how to find a unicorn realtor pro, someone who understands what all of the last 12 minutes of gobbledygook that I just said, what does that all mean? So get out there and get one. And as of right now, 2019, the real estate industry sucks and they're not helping you out, but there are unicorn pro agents out there. And you may only have them for, I don't know, four or five more years till they figure out how to do this with the internet and screw you in a whole new way. But for now, you've got a way to beat the system. So go back and listen to the episode I have on interviewing an agent, or if you'd like to, please check in with me. We've got like over 20 folks all over the country right now, as of uh, July of 2019, that are working with agents that I've been able to hook them up with that are unicorn agents. This is my mission. I want to find the advocate for you. I do this podcast. I sell homes here in Southern California. Most of you don't live here, but I might be able to help you guys find a unicorn in your area so you can get on the right path. This is important. Jacqueline and Christopher in Denver, we're going to be... uh, putting their podcast up soon. I had an interview with them the other day. They're awesome. They're our first closing. What up? How to buy a home, starting the revolution. Power to the people. So if you've got questions, contact me. I happen to know some good folks around the area and we're building the Unicorn Network. I'm not quite sure I'm going to actually get all the good agents by telling them that I'm calling it the Unicorn Network, but if they don't get that, whatever. Maybe they shouldn't be here. Deal with it. 
So this is for you. You deserve it. Let's get back in a more math gobbledygook. Your 401k is set up to fund your future. And for most of you, your house is too. So don't be afraid to fund your retirement a little bit less while you're funding your down payment savings account at the same time. Because eventually, both those pieces are going to be your future. Now we're going to move on to the second way to use your 401k or your Roth or your other IRA. Actually, this piece right now is just for your 401k. Did you guys know that many money managers out there, I've done this several times with first-time buyers, many money managers allow 50% of your 401k or at a max of 50,000 to be pulled out in a non-taxable event for the purchase of your primary home. Did you hear that? First-time buyers and sometimes even second and third-time buyers You can use the money you've been saving for your future to buy your future. Now, use it today. Everyone freaks out and thinks that if I pull from my 401k, I'm going to get a big tax hit. They get it. You will not get a tax hit or any penalties if you pull early from your 401k or your other retirement vehicle for the purchase of a primary house. They actually encourage you to do this. The money managers realize that homeowners are 45 times wealthier than renters. 45 times wealthier. So they know that. So they encourage you to get out there, buy your home. And so they let you touch the untouchable 401k without penalty. Here's an analogy or a metaphor. I don't know what you call it. It's just an example that I use with other people's parents when I'm talking to them about passing on money to their kids. I tell them, hey, parents, you've worked real hard for the money that you've earned and your legacy. So at this time right now, you're looking to pass on some of your hard-earned savings to your kid. Maybe now, maybe someday. Well, why would you let your child rent in their 20s and 30s and throw away all that money, losing the appreciation, the tax benefits, everything a house can be, and wait to give them their money later on as an inheritance after, you know, your grandkids have gone to college. So I encourage parents to loan if they are thinking someday I'm going to give my kids a big chunk of money. Why not loan them ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 when they're in their 20s and 30s and they've proved themselves, they're starting to start a life. You save them $25,000 a year in lost rent. And then you grow that inheritance that you were going to give them in 30 years. You grow it right now in the form of houses that they live in. And then most importantly, you can all enjoy. You can live together in that inheritance, have holidays there with your grandkids and watch them grow up. Now, same concept for you if you've got a 401k. Do it for yourself. Borrow money from your own retirement fund. That's your plan for your own future. And don't fear the loss of future stability. You're actually contributing. You will be contributing to your financial future. In fact, you are securing that. So see it for what it is. Ready? Here it comes. 
It's a current diversification of your retirement funds into a conservative growth asset with historical modest gain that also provides usage. That means that you actually get sleep there. All right, let me break that down for you one more time in layman's terms. See it for what it is you're saving for the future. But now your biggest monthly check, instead of going into just a boring old retirement account, it now goes into that and something you get to sleep in that will over time be worth more money. So now you've got a house that you use every day and you still have your paper assets just split in two. So you can look at those on the computer screen and sleep in the other one. Now, if you're still out there and you're freaking out, you're skeptical, I got a question for you. Hey, skeptical rich guy who doesn't want to touch his 401k. You got a bunch of stocks and bonds. You got gold bullions. You got Bitcoin hid under your mattress. I don't think so, bro. Likely, if you're listening to me and this podcast, you're not you know, hanging out on a pile of cash. You are actually someone trying to figure out how to beat the system, how to use the uh, greatest financial asset that we have, which is leverage. Which means if you've just got a 401k and you don't have a bunch of other stuff, think about using it. You want to beat the system? Leverage is how you do it. Play it smart. Understand that you've got 50% of your 401k tax-free with no penalties. That's amazing. Don't fear it because, you know, conservative old people, they frown on it. It was different. People using their retirement funds in a generation before us, they had it easier. We've got to be creative now. You know, the folks before us, they didn't have flat salaries versus the cost of living. They didn't have outrageous student debt and they didn't have super low savings rates or, you know, these insane housing pricing. You do if you're listening to me. Look, it is what it is. So it's time to adjust and be ready to forge into a new path of financial freedom. Number 16 was a long one. Before we move to number 17, I'm going to ask you to pause the podcast and go look up the 1990 techno-psychedelic pop classic, Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. That's D-E-E hyphen L-I-T-E. Go check that out on YouTube right now. Trust me, after all that crap, you need it. Go. I'll be back. Groove is in the heart. We are back. I hope you enjoyed that. I can't believe that video is still on YouTube. It's awesome. And seriously, if you did that right now, go to davidsedoni.com and email me and say, dude, I did it. That video is nuts. All right, number 17. This piggybacks on the 401k. Uh, It's going to be a lot shorter because I explained pretty much everything that you wanted to know or didn't want to know about using your retirement to fund your future. Using your IRA. You can do the same thing using your IRA, your IRA, without the 10% early withdrawal penalty if you use the money for a home purchase. So at the time of this podcast, which is the summer of 2019, you can use up to 10 grand with no penalty, but you're still going to be required to pay some taxes on the amount. If you've got a Roth IRA and that one's at least five years old, 
you can use it to fund uh, a home purchase for yourself without the tax penalty or the early withdrawal penalties. And I'm not sure, but I think that's at 10 grand max as well. <sighs> okay. Can you believe it? Part four, we only did two parts, step 16 and step 17. That's all I can take for today. I'm looking at the clock. We are way long. So that means uh, this super important financial prep class of the How to Buy a Home podcast just became officially a five-part series. Let's recap one to four. Step one, save money. Step two, apps are bitching. Step three, start an emergency fund. Step four, credit. It is important. Listen to podcast three and eight. Step five, change your current interest rates. Step six, chunky's good. Use those chunks. Step seven, house hacks. Buy the house, keep the roomies, or buy a duplex. Step eight, your job sucks. Cool. Probably need a new one. Step nine, work a second job. Your FOMO needs a budget, G. Step 10, side hustles can be fun. Step 11, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Sell your crap. Step 12, reevaluate how you get around. Save money in your travels. Step 13, watch the big expenses. Step 14, Really watch the small expenses. Track it, track it, track it. If I say it three times, 15 times in three podcasts, now four, it's important. Step 15, be a sugar daddy or sugar mama. Live on one income. Step 16, should I really recap it or do you want to go back and listen to me babble for 25 minutes? 401k, use it. It took me years to realize the power and 81 first-time buyers in, not to mention the folks all over the country who are starting to realize how important it is to diversify your future, they get it. This is the Tesseract, guys. It's a little box of untapped energy. Use it. Step 17, IRAs. Same crap. Same stuff I said about the 401ks. You've got options. Okay, we're going to do the final three in the next episode. I originally said this was 19, but I added one up to 20. I added one more. We went up to 20, not because I care about having a perfect, well-rounded list, but because a lot of you guys and my clients, they're always talking to me about PMI. If you don't know what that is, tune in. You don't want to miss the last three in step five of our financial preparedness podcast journey. I'll tell you what those last three are in in just a minute. As I said last time, this podcast has brought, you know, a lot of you out there, it's brought more questions than answers, and that's good. See, this is a big deal. You should be ready to beat the system, and you shouldn't be fearing your high rent. Knowledge is the greatest weapon you can have against fear. If you know how to disarm anything, then your fear is gone. You understand something so well that you'll see it as a regular step in your life, not this insurmountable obstacle. So if you have questions, email me directly. Right now, summer 2019, I'm talking to everybody. Hit me up, davidsidoni.com, S-I-D-O-N-I. I'm talking to anybody out there who's listening. In the future, we're going to have to get a team. We're going to have to get a whole crew of people talking to you. But right now, the revolution is small. And there's a list of resources with uh, fancy clickable links on my website at davidsidoni.com. 
click on podcast number 22 and look for these links. These are some of the places I did some of the research. Simple Dollar, Money Under 30, Dave Ramsey, USAA, Adam Carroll and the Adam Carroll Mastery Podcast, Nerd Wallet, TheBalance.com, why I added .com to that one and not the rest, I don't know, and uh, Listen Money Matters, and my boys Joel and Matt on How to Money, the podcast. Look, I don't necessarily agree with everything I see out there on all these sites, but I, you know, researches for you gave you the cliff notes. And everyone's got their own path and you're all going to be able to find your own information. The internet's filled with guidelines and best practices. It's not surefire, not for everybody, but you know, you can guarantee that at least if you research, you'll get your own piece that you can put together. So if you'd like more insights from me on the entire home buying process, not just the money stuff, check me out on the gram. Mom, that's Instagram. You don't have it, don't worry about it. Uh, I've also got bonus videos there as well as on my YouTube. That's David Sedoni on YouTube and the Facebook page. There's a How to Buy a Home Facebook page. Come on in, join us. Just say you listen to the podcast and you can be a part of that exclusive fun little club. Don't let the questions or the fear of homeownership stop you from defeating your insane high rents. Don't get stuck. It's your chance to be financially free. You got this. Use that big monthly bill that you're pretty much agreed to pay for the next 30 to 80 years. Use it for you. I promise I'm going to keep giving you the roadmap and the guidance so you can come out of this in the winner's circle. I'm going to keep staying up late and doing these for you. I'm doing this right now and I just got my butt kicked in Mario Kart by my kids. I should be drowning my sorrows with a good fat Keontae right now. But instead, I'm doing this podcast for you. I'm here. And all you got to do to keep the revolution going is please help me out spread the word. Share this podcast with other people. 1.76 million first-time buyers last year. I know there's more out there that are coming because this is the American dream. Share this podcast. Share it. Be the hero to them. Help them realize that they, just like you, they've got the power. And if you've got questions and you're looking for a unicorn, hit me up. Let's see if we can find that for you. As I've said before, I'm just here in Southern California, but if I have a chance to help anybody all over the country, that fills me up and makes me happy. So I'd love to be able to help you out. Hit me up. We got three more steps left on the Financial Preparedness Podcast. I'm going to keep trying to say that till I don't stumble on it. Number 18, I'm going to be talking about student loans. Number 19, I'm going to talk about the PMI. That's your private mortgage insurance. If you don't know what that means, well, hang in there because it's important stuff for you to know. And then number 20, I'm going to be talking about gifts and grants. Those last three are things people ask me about all the time. Student loans, PMI, and grants for first-time homebuyers, freebies, gifts, things to get you in to buy your first house. That's going to be a good episode. All right. Remember, if you're a couple years out or even three years out, reach out to me. I help you find a great team in your area to help you out and help you with the planning. Most of the people in the real estate industry, they don't want to help you. They don't want to hear from you until you're just you know minutes away from being able to buy the property. But our network is growing. The revolution is beginning. So let's see if we can hook you up now and start this journey. 
doesn't matter if you're 30 days or 30 months away. We're here to get you planning. Reach out to me because I believe in you. I'm sitting in my house in the middle of the night talking to a microphone because I believe that you should do this. You know, Malcolm Gladwell says that with 10,000 hours in anything, you can become an expert. Well, I've got way more than 10,000 hours right now. And sure, I've got expertise, but what's more important than the 10,000 hours of learning how to do this is 20,000 hours of realizing that I should have done this myself 30 years ago. So I can't go back in time, but you know what I can do? I can talk in this microphone right here, and maybe I can help you. So remember, you can do this.